Hi, this is John Power, Second Ward Alderman for the City of Lake Forest, and this is the Lake Forest Podcast. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan. <laughs> I got my, I got my souvenir. Where I, I bought a baseball at, uh, on Friday. Yeah, look at this guy. Uh, Ricky Field. Foul ball. Nice. Yep. So I was down there. Say, I, you know, got that out there now. I went down Sunday and sat at Murphy's for four hours during <laughs> pouring rain, and then took home at five o'clock. Yeah. Yep. My college or my uh, adult son and all his college buddies down there. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we so did the we did NASCAR this weekend, so we were mm-hmm. yeah. I, I thought the NASCAR thing actually worked better than I had expected. You know, I mean, to me as a Chicagoan, we are watching TV of people driving is like what? <laughs> I know. I you know I watched it when I got home. I dialed it up to watch it. It just seemed too slow for me. <laughs> it was it was the highest rated um, NASCAR broadcast. Um, and I think seven yeah, years, eight years, years, yeah, many years. So it would. I mean, I, I've, I've been a NASCAR fan for a long, long time. Um, and it's weird because I'm, and I'm also lifelong Chicagoan, and those two worlds yeah, right. those, are those, mutually those exclusive. You know, I mean, NASCAR is yeah. like Waffle House. You know, and uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's very. Uh, but you know, they had I like Waffle House too. They, yeah, so do I. I love it. I got the belly to prove it. But uh, yeah. the uh, uh, they for years in uh, they used to have a race in Joliet, um, and that's but that's a hall. And that I have a friend that is a uh, oh, no. got a connection to NASCAR and goes to every track. He said that the Joliet track was the worst track they had in terms of crowd management and it, it took forever to get out and it, it's a single lane road to the interstate and, and, and awful. So this was in my office, which unfortunately we're moving later in a few months, but my office is on Michigan Avenue. We just went to my office and just watched it and brought, brought the kids there and uh, used the contract. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
I said you brought some scratch offs. <laughs> Alderman John Powers or AJP. Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, my friend. Thank you. Good Thank morning, you. Alderman. Great to see you. First time as Alderman. We've we've yeah. spoke, we've spoken many times uh regarding the friends of Parks and Rec. Uh even though you were you were on it a long time ago, you keep correcting me, uh, and you you give all the credit to Rick Amos. But uh, you, you, that's how we started on this show, isn't that right? Uh, yeah, Norman? yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it, as you guys know, especially if you attended the event last night. I mean, it continues to be a a fantastic community event um, and shared between Lake Forest and Lake Bluff, right? Like Lake Bluff does parade in the morning. Lake Forest and, and the friends of Lake Forest Park and Rec Foundation um, do the festival of fireworks. So it was a little bit of an adjustment yesterday, as you know, from all the work that's being done back there, which which I think uh, is both ahead of schedule and ahead of budget, which is always a good thing. Um, but Sally Swarthout and and the whole team and Parks and Rec uh, and, and Rick's there to kind of orchestrate a lot of it but it's it's a perfect example of kind of the volunteer spirit of of our community which makes it i think uh certainly a gem on the north shore and a, and a great place to live that was my first uh time going to it a year ago i was in my basement packing boxes to move to lake forest um it was, we went to both, the parade, we had one of our kids was in one of the parade units and we watched from the newcomers club uh, member hosted a nice thing on the uh, one of the streets there where the, the parade was on. But uh, last night was just, we're a little worried about the rain at first, you know, we thought, uh oh, um, but it just a fantastic event. I mean, from start to finish, I could see you from a distance, but I never got over to chat with you but because we're so busy talking to other folks but uh was the, i behaving myself you know really those, those events don't just happen they take a lot of planning a lot of uh of work to go into and then be there and you know the public works guys were there uh taking care of their stuff and the, the police, of course, were there doing a great job keeping everything, uh, keeping everyone safe. Because I know that, you know, whenever you get large crowds now, there's always a concern about that. But it was a fantastic event. And uh, uh, hats off to everyone involved. And if you didn't go this year, make it a point to go next year because this is it's a great, great time. And uh, uh, and raised, raised a lot of money for uh the uh, foundation, which is going to do like some uh, path uh, on the beach uh, uh, or something. I'm not sure the specifics, but sounds like a great idea. Yeah, they, you know, they, they augment a lot of things because, as you know, the Lake Forest Park District is not a district. It's a line item in the city budget. So um, so the foundation helps to kind of support some of those above and beyond projects and criteria. So it's great. You know, and then now, you know, officially being an alderman, um, you get exposed to that across the the entire city landscape, right? And you realize all the different boards and commissions and city functions. Um, you mentioned public works, what Mike Thomas does with that crew and those guys uh, and people that that help make 
city run from that perspective is is equally impressive. So as a as a new guy, I mean, you had skills and capability last week with Mayor Pandeleon, uh, and you're stuck with me this week. But as, <laughs> as a new guy, um, that's the very first thing that stands out. And and I had the privilege to obviously be a caucus um, nominee and then uh, a chance to to win in this you know citywide municipal election. Uh, and stepping into that role with the responsibility that goes along with it, you quickly realize the the talent of uh, all of our city employees. Um, and what Jason Wish has done, you know, you think about that, you know, Bob Kiley for over 28 years held that position. Yeah. And I think Bob did a really skillful job. And then um, Jason steps in as kind of the new guy back then, right, four years ago, mm -hmm. and and tries to kind of pick up where Bob left off. And I think he's he's certainly demonstrated the ability to do that. And I think he's also, and I've been exposed to it a little bit, um, but but just a small amount, but as he starts thinking about, you know, succession planning across the city landscape, I think he has really done a nice job start identifying the skills and capabilities within all those departments and how do we need to augment that um so that my first impression would really be that it's it's the people that we're blessed to have work with us and for us within the city um and they treat lake forest like it's their own now for many of them it is right they live in town but for quite a few it's not um but that spirit from which they do their job has been has been really impressive. So to close out the 4th of July, uh, also a shout out to uh, Joe Reedy, treasurer, uh, Parks and Rec. And our poor boy, Rick Amos, man, at five o'clock when that first band was going to hit and it started raining, I'm like, oh, dude, no, come on. And then, you know, it cleared up. So, Rick, all the all the blame. No, yeah. <laughs> Great job. Great job to all. Great job. So back to you, AJP or Alderman John Powers. How did the process work to get to be Alderman? Because we had, what, 1,400 uh, new families move into town, and they some of them think that the caucus is the newcomers club. Um, can you uh, clue in everybody what the what the process is to become an Alderman? Yeah, so um, my wife and I moved back into the community back in 1995, right? So um, I was, I mean, it, it's, it's- Were you a, here before then? You were, What's that, Rick? Uh, I'm sorry, were you here before then as well, John? You know, I like grew up moved back to the community. Um, so I had, I had the pleasure of, you know, living in Lake Bluff in my childhood through- eighth grade, I attended St. Mary's Elementary School from kindergarten through eighth grade um, and got to experience everything Lake Bluff is, right? From everything we talked yeah. about at the top, you know, with the Lake Bluff Parade to Lake yeah. Bluff Baseball to oh, everything yes. that Lake Bluff had to offer. So great, when my wife and I- Great to raise kids. Yeah, oh, it's spectacular. I mean, I'm the luckiest guy I know, I mean, mm -hmm. by far. So- yeah. I had that wonderful experience, one of six. So many of my brothers and sisters got to experience it for a little bit as well. Um, 
But when my wife and I were, we knew we were moving back. We were downtown in Lincoln Park. We got transferred to Colorado. We lived in Denver for two years. And when we knew we were coming back, this was the first place we kind of zeroed in on. So um, kind of a long preamble into Pete, your real question. Um, I'm at a block party uh, that summer that we moved in and Bob Kiley is my neighbor and George Pandaleon is my neighbor and Bill Avery at the time who was on plan commission was my neighbor and the, the topic of caucus came up um, and they're like, you know, are you familiar with the caucus? And I said, no, I don't know anything about it. Never heard of it. And they kind of walked me through, you know, it's a group of community volunteers that are trying to seek out other volunteers to serve on, serve on board and commissions. So um, the block party was on a Sunday and Monday morning, my phone rang with the president of the caucus to uh, to explore my interest in getting involved, which I did. And so I think that, you know, the genesis of that whole thing is kind of a volunteer profile sheet, which I believe they still use earnestly. Um, and you just kind of, you know, you explain to them what you do. And I'm, I'm kind of a career sales business and development guy. Um, and you, you identify your interests, your current skill sets, and, you know, they try to, they try to blend you into the, to the ward. So obviously there's And, nine... and John, to cut, to cut in it, that, that uh, VPS volunteer profile sheet can be found on the caucus website. You fill it out and there's check boxes. What are you interested in to, you know, volunteer? Cause it's all volunteering, right? Absolutely. And so, you know, to fast forward it to how you become alternate, you be, you're identified by your ward. So I had several initial conversations and I got the invite to go in front of the entire second ward and and have that conversation, which is just general interest, questions, experience, interest level, right? And I, I think George has mentioned this in the past. I certainly know Mayor Tack has mentioned this. Um, it's not, it, honestly, it wasn't a position I sought after, um, but Lake Forest is a town I love, and I'm a huge believer in stewardship, which is giving your time, your talent, and your treasure to your community. Um, and so when I received the phone call, I, I received a phone call a couple of years ago and it wasn't the right time. My travel schedule was crazy. Um, my wife at the time was still working. We we're to both traveling. So we were trying to manage that along with kids in college. So um, that wasn't right. But when I received the call over a year ago, um, I told him I'd gladly sit down and have the conversation. And, and for me, honestly, um, the process is very effective. And I told him, if I'm not your guy, the process works because you found somebody that is, you know, man or woman, doesn't matter. Um, and so I was happy to go through the process and see how it worked out. And I, you know, was, was fortunate enough to go through. Uh, when you I say the process, John, hold on. I mean, you had somebody from the ward, the ward chairman and the, the group talk to you or how, how, how did that, because you have to do a couple interviews, right? Before you, you did, yeah, several. So I went through probably three different ward interviews, the la the third being the full second ward. So everybody that's the member, all my neighbors, were able to ask questions and, you know, figure out what your interests are, or most importantly, uh, whether or not you have an agenda, 
right? And my my agenda is to try to leave Lake Forest in a better place than when my wife and I had a chance to move here in 1995. And so I've served I've served on the caucus. I've done numerous different volunteer positions at St. Mary's, both school and parish. Um, I went through the caucus process and served as the District 115 uh, member board of education. Um, so, you, you know, you got exposed to multiple aspects of the community and um, was was thrilled to have the opportunity to give back in that regard. So, John, this, this last year, uh, we had quite a bit of controversy in the caucus um, over a couple of different uh, issues. Do you think that we're going to have to make some uh, structural changes to the caucus? Uh, or do you think that um, uh, this was just a uh, random, ha uh, just a, a one-off kind of a problem? Look, I, I think there's there's always the idea of growth and expanding skill capability, et cetera. So Chris Bennis, who's the president of the caucus, I think knows exactly what went wrong, how it, how there might have been some gaps and bylaws or in the process, and then make sure that that process is is fixed. It's validated by the caucus members, particularly the executive committee, um, and it's in place going forward. Um, it was, you know, I'm not, I, I wasn't intimately involved, other than my role as as one of the candidates for the second ward aldermanic position. Um, but I've been through it before and, and I was a little, I mean, I didn't understand vote. I'm like, what are we voting on? I mean, I'm happy to go. To yeah, the that, was, that, that, that did seem to be the issue. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like, I'm happy to go to the annual meeting. I'm happy to say a few words. I'm, 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 I'm honored to be your recommended candidate going on the ballot, but the only vote that matters is the municipal election. And so I that was a new process to me from when I served on the caucus. My wife served on the caucus as well. So that that was a little surprising to me. But uh, I have all the confidence in the world that, you know, the, the community volunteers that now make up the caucus can kind of go through and vet that and make sure. It, that's it, the right it does. It, it does sound like it was uh, in large measure a bylaws issue. Uh, that, can't that, led speak to the that I, you know, I honestly haven't read the bylaws in many years. So for me to, to me, well, we'll, to put a, we'll put a link right up here because I read, I, read, I read them quite a bit in the fall. Uh, we, we, we did a podcast. Here's the link uh, two years ago. The bylaws were down for a period of time, uh, almost half a year. Some things were going on. You can watch it. You can hear what the opinions are from two years ago. You know, now it's, you know, 2023. And to yeah. me, what I've seen go going through everything, it comes down to communication. And there's a fight because we have, you know, new media, right? Oh, my God. Now you're throwing in artificial intelligence. People are trying. <laughs> We're not to intelligent. <laughs> artificially. Artificially or otherwise. <laughs> but but people are trying to figure out, well, what should I say? What should I not say? And then you don't say anything. And then you have the communication stalled. It's back over <laughs> here. And then everybody else doesn't have it. Leaning towards a podcast we did with uh, Joe, who is the uh, treasurer of Lake County? Ali Kim. Ali Kim. Yeah. You have her refreshing way of communicating on how the government works, you know, the pluses and minuses. That was yeah. a good show. Yeah. 
obviously that's Lake County. This is Lake Forest, but it comes mm-hmm. down to communication where people only want to hear what they want to hear. They're only going to look at the headlines. They're going to two sentences in. They don't even watch a minute anymore. I have to figure out how to get something down in 30 seconds so people will will watch it. And then they get pissed because it's taken out of context. In your short term as alderman or back when you were on the caucus, what were some of the conflicts that you saw in communication? Because things happen behind closed doors, I get it, but some things can also be put out in the public. What, what have you seen where, hey, you know what, we could be a little bit more transparent? Well, look, one of the reasons I'm on this podcast right now is because of that, right? So I, and, and I was very vocal going through the caucus interviews. One of the questions I was asked is, hey, based upon your experience in the past, what do you think you did well and what do you think you didn't do well? Um, and the very first thing I don't think I did well, personally speaking, is a connectivity to the community. So when I was on District 115 school board, you you have to balance the respect for the superintendent and, and what Mike Simic's wishes were at the time and, and Mike's leadership style. And, and Mike is certainly a guy I respected. Um, we didn't always get along, but I certainly... <laughs> the role that he had and and what you don't want to do is you don't want to complicate it right and it's the same conversation i've had with jason wisha he's trying to spin a lot of plates as it relates to the city of lake forest so um he's you know they're doing all kinds of push communication but back to your point i'm on this podcast today because I, I want to make sure that, that my voice is heard across the largest constituency possible. And people can argue what percentage does the Lake Forest podcast, you know, what percentage of the community do you connect with? It, it probably varies all over the place. Greater than zero. <laughs> well, exactly. And it depends how people feel any given day, right? And so I'm willing to make myself available on any platform at any time to have an honest, straightforward conversation, just so people, you know, people understand how things work a little bit better. And I'm, that's not to say that I'm the subject matter expert. I mean, at this point, it I'm actually a mile wide and an inch deep, right? I think I'm two mm-hmm. months into it. We've had three, four, you know, meetings. And it's really important for the community to know as, as a standing alderman, I have zero power when I'm sitting here talking to you guys. The only time an alderman has any kind of power is when you're, the meeting's called to order and you're sitting on the dais with, you know, my seven under, seven other elected aldermen. Um, and, and you're asked to weigh in on certain decisions. So, you know, this, you act as a board. You don't act as individual aldermen the way that some aldermen do in, in Chicago, for example. Exactly. Exactly. We're all at large members, right? So even though Ted Notes and I represent the second ward, uh, and the second ward isn't any more important or less important than any other, and we've we've experienced that recently with some of the discussions we've had, you know, with um, with the McKinley Road project and and some of the future development that has either already been in front of the the city council or will be in front of the city council probably multiple times in coming years. Um, it's just important to be able to connect to people and 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 so that they know they can reach out and have you know what I'd like to think is kind of an open, honest conversation. I, I've had multiple conversations with my neighbors on all kinds of issues. And in several of them, I promised them, I, you know, my dad always used to say, I'd rather have a quick no than a long maybe. 
right? So if something's going to happen, somebody wants a stop sign in front of their house because people are speeding through their neighborhood, there's a process to go through in order to vet whether or not it, it makes sense. Um, but the likelihood of people getting a quick solution where before school starts, there's going to be a stop sign there, the answer is probably no, it's not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. Make sure that people understand where to go and who to talk to. I, I could be the first phone call, but I'm certainly not the most capable. Uh, the city staff is is the appropriate people to do that. And Chief Waldorf is actively involved in a lot of the stuff for the community. You know, when we talk about scooters and electric bikes, I mean, I've, I've been in dozens of those conversations over the last two months. Yeah. It's, it's always and that is, and that is a that, that is a, um, uh, a hot issue uh, in the central business district because you can see the kids, uh, you know, riding these motorcycle uh, motorized vehicles on the sidewalk. There, there's going to be a bad there's going to be a bad headline on that, guys. And yeah. then, then all of a sudden things will get done. But unfortunately that's how how it works alderman john what what is the downside to coming on to a, a podcast to give information why would somebody not want to give somebody a, a a platform if the platform reaches x amount of people again greater than zero what is the downside versus the upside because it seems to me on the other side Yes, you can't talk about litigation. You, but hey, man, you live in Ward 2. You're yeah. the guy, you and Todd, Alderman Todd. This is the stuff. These are the issues that are going on, okay? You don't just represent Alderman 2. You represent, you know, the entire city. But your focus should be on Ward 2. What's the downside to talking about what's going on in Ward 2? All I can do is speak for myself and be the person I am. My my. Dear friends, close friends, and neighbors are going to be the judge as to whether or not I'm consistent in what I say and what I do um, and how I act, right? Um, so I, I'm I'm open to any platform. Okay. You know, I don't I don't know that I want to go on the I hate puppies platform because <laughs> you know. I don't know what that audience looks like, right? We love puppies for the record. Yeah, we're we're, we're a pro puppy. The, yeah, me too, for the record. Yeah. Um, but look, I, the, the more dialogue we can have that isn't disruptive, right? The minute I get in on here and I start pontificating or yeah. I have real important agenda items that I want to try to, you know, I think I try to skillfully position within the community, if, if the process is broken and I broke it, right? I think the the one thing Sku always used to say is, you know, the process doesn't work when people process. And and I would put myself in that position. The minute the minute I take a stance and want to be very vocal about my aldermanic position is more important than anybody else's, um, that's a problem. Now I I I'd like to think. Um, many of my other colleagues um, and elected aldermen, you know, would feel comfortable over time. I think there's always that respectability thing, um, which which is huge, because it, if I start saying things that are disruptive to the community or get misinterpreted to the greater community and Jason has to mop it all up, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. So long-winded way to say, Pete, I, you know, I'm very comfortable okay. telling okay. you what I think and feel. I'll never talk about anything I don't know. 
Okay. Uh, John, I, I, I hear you. And you, Alderman John, you, you are, you, you may be new to Alderman, but you're, you're talking like one. Well, I, let me say, that's a big change from some of the time that I spent at the Lantern. I talk about something I don't know about all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but here, let's, let's dip our toe in the water here. What is unique about Ward 2? Like, what's going on in, in Ward 2? Some of the issues that you can talk about? And let's see if we cause an uproar about that. So, uh, let me let me just... Let me just quote Mayor Pack. You know, sometimes city government is boring, yeah. right? And and when it works well, it still can That's be boring. That's when it's boring. boring. Um, it can be good. Ward 2 is, I love Ward 2. Obviously, it's my home. My kids grew up here. Um, my, You know, I'm so blessed that most of our neighbors, I mean, we're the least tenured on our neighborhood. I think George mentioned last week they've been in the he and Peggy have been in the neighborhood for 35 years. So what's unique about Ward Two, I think, are our neighborhoods. We have so many wonderful neighborhoods. Spread. What is the area for Ward Two? Yeah, what is yeah, what is where is Ward Two? I'll um, put a map right here. It's the ponds. It's a weird shaped ward. It's the least populated ward over time, right? Because the growth has come in other parts of town. I mean, right now the Lake County is working on you know, shoring up the Skokie Ditch, right, where there's been some erosion issues. That's probably the biggest project that, that's been underway in our ward. So far, so good. The great thing about, um, I think, the city of Lake Forest is there's lots of activity, like Northcroft Park, for example. Um, that's, that's going through a visionary process that was completed about a month ago. They're looking at doing more things for that park, for, for those, that neighborhood or our neighborhoods within our ward. Great things happening everywhere. And if people educate themselves and do a little homework on what's going on. What's the one thing you wish you would have known before you, uh, took the role as alderman in your, how long you've been an alderman now, John? Uh, since the end of May. Okay. So you got sworn in in the first meeting in June. Uh, do, you have, do, you have a, do you happen to have the badge? Can you show us the badge? Yeah, we're looking at the badge. I, I, we'll I, put I, it right here. All right. <laughs> the badge, it's in my kitchen drawer, which is not necessarily within arm's distance. So <laughs> that's a good, that's a good place for it. Time. Yeah. Um, I, things will go well for me if the badge stays in the kitchen drawer mm -hmm. yep. for my entire tenure, however yep. short or long that might be. So you got the gig, like, wow, I didn't know it was going to be like this, or it, 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 you haven't been into it, you know, long enough, because when you're outside looking in, and then when you're inside looking out, I know you can't share everything, but is there just something like, wow, I didn't know it was going to be like this so early on? Um, To be honest with you, no, because... I'm very used to this from my school board experience, right? It's, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of differences too, but but the way it works. So I would probably, I'd first answer your question by saying no, there, there's been no surprises at this point. Um, number two, I would anchor in, I think it's, it's, it's my job as an alderman or, or certainly one of the eight um, to make sure that city government works efficiently and effectively. Um, and, and that's, there's a lot of mundane stuff there. Back to, back to Randy's comment about, you know, government can be boring. Um, 
It is blocking and tackling and the efficiency of making sure it works, which I think is probably the number one priority. I think the number two priority, as I see it, again, is new guy, um, is kind of having the thoughtful vision and, and planning, like anticipate what that's going to look like, which is sometimes easier said than done. Um, and when I say that, it's it's largely what do we want the city of Lake for? It's got to work twenty years from now, not just two, right? And when I when I spoke at the annual meeting for the caucus and was introduced, I I kind of made the comment that says, look, we have generational families that are here, um, second, third generation, maybe even some fourth generations, right? Mm -hmm. um, we have legacy families, which I'd throw myself in. You know, we've been here a fair amount of time where we've raised our kids. Our kids have attended the schools here um, and they're now young adults or adults. And then we have a lot of new families. And what do all three of those constituencies have in common? They've made Lake Forest their home. So one doesn't necessarily overpower the other. Now, sometimes we see and witness that, right? Because when you have a whole legacy or you've, you've got experience spread over 40 years, you can talk about what works and what doesn't work and what you liked and what you didn't like. But the reality is this is about all of us as one community trying to move forward and working together. Um, and I think the city does a great job of trying to create multiple vehicles to get that message out, right? So one, so, so Pete, back to your question about why wouldn't people go on the podcast? I don't think it's a reason they wouldn't, but when people try to control the message in a thoughtful, fact-based way, which is really Jason's responsibility with Dana Olson, of course, is to make sure, are we timely, are we sending timely communications out to people as to what's going on at Deer Path Park and what's that mean about the traffic on Deer Path for the summer, right? When we were restoring the beach, did we properly communicate that? We're, we're all exhausted with construction based upon the pumping station, right? And everything that went and occurred there. The pumping station, I think, end result, it's it's up, it's running. We haven't really been tested about how effective it is, but you know, it was an incredibly important and strategic project for for all of the city. But it's you just, you just a lot of rain on Sunday, and uh, I didn't see any flooding in there. Yeah, we had the biggest. Well, I think it hit the city of Chicago harder, but um, yeah. that was the biggest rain for Chicago since I think 1987. Did they, did they turn the uh, Did they turn the crank? Um, <laughs> flip the switch. The gerbils are running. They flip the switch. Get, get the marmot uh, going extra fast in there. Yeah, no needed to be turned. I think so Chicago had up to nine inches of rain. We yeah. hear like an inch and a quarter. So yeah. huge difference. But you guys get the point. And and that that's in place to solve those types of nine inch rain problems. So yes. um look, communication's the key. I think um, you know, the other thing might be uh again, while I'm on the podcast, is just yeah. honest dialogue. Right. So if I think about kind of the third and they're not necessarily in in good, better, best or priorities in one, two and three. But but honest dialogue with my neighbors, with you guys, with with city workers um, to learn and understand, you know, right now 
I'm, I'm a huge believer, and I said this in the caucus, I had a boss that pounded this into me for years and years, was see one, do one, teach one, right? When you're trying to learn a job um, and understand kind of key projects or, or what needs to be managed, you witness somebody doing it first. And we've had wonderful examples of people that have come before me that have done that very skillfully. Uh, Jim Preshlak, I think, is one of those as he's finishing his last year on his third term. Um, then you start participating and doing it yourself, right? So um, that's where you gain confidence and understanding and really figure out if you're any good at it, right? And then the last piece is you teach other people to do it, right? You can show and demonstrate and lead. Um, and I think there's there's a a whole dais of people that that can easily fulfill all three of those aspects. Um, and with the experience that's on there, you know, with ERA and Eileen Weber, there's there's great examples of folks that, you know, I think are very thoughtful and considerate in terms of uh, how they take on the responsibility of their role. And that trickles right into, you know, all our city employees who who have, we've already talked about, I think, bend over backwards to do the right thing in, in a timely manner. I'll, I'll ask Joe and Rick this question, and then, John, you can pitch in because you may be biased on this one. But, like, what is a good way to monitor how an alderman's doing? Like, like we had uh, Mayor George on last week, and he en en likens it to, you know, a uh, 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 a corporate board setting. Well, if you're at a company, you do surveys, you do net promoter scores. Net promoter score is just simply a question, would you recommend so-and-so to a friend? Uh, do you think it's fair to do a survey to say, hey, what? how do you think uh, Alderman 2, John Powers is doing? How do you think, you know, you think that's a fair way to get feedback, uh, Joe and Rick, or it's going to skew I, I, depending I, I on the issues? I will tell you, I don't really think it would work very well uh, just because, you know, aldermen, as John is saying, they work as part of a team. Uh, they're really not individual uh, gunslingers out there uh, doing have gun, will travel uh, uh, and going about their ward, uh, fixing potholes or doing uh, anything. Uh, they really work as part of a, of a whole board. So it's awfully hard to judge uh, one individual on whether they're doing a great job as part of when they're really part of a team. John, that they had, uh, I, I assume it's every year, is the ward meetings. Uh, with, uh, and I, I'm a third ward resident, and I went to the ward meeting. It was at Croya with uh, Alderman Goskarian and Alderman Preshlak, and then city staff was there. I assume they did, did that in your ward as well. Eventually, John's got to go sit in front of the caucus, and they got to figure out whether they're going to re-up them or not. So when you're sitting there with those 43 people, how do you know Alderman Powers, you know, quote unquote, why should we reelect them? Well, I heard this and I heard that. But if you have some objective data that says, here's the feedback, because right now the only feedback you get are from the outliers that are pissed. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're against the grease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you, you're in the honeymoon period now. So give it another six months. They'll, they'll get fired up on you. John, but it would be nice to have some type of, uh, I don't know if it's quarterly or whatever, because just like being on a podcast to get your message out, you should, I'm not saying you personally, but 
an elected official should be open to whatever source that's out there that's getting feedback in. We we did an alderman survey last year and some interesting things, you know, came up. Some some aldermen are more communicative than than others, and it's a good way to get get ahead of things. That's why I bring it up. Because it seems to me if we don't want to do one, it's like, well, I don't want to know the information. That's why I brought it up, guys. Well, I think there's an element of, um, you know, people need to understand kind of what's going on, right? Um, and like, let's use me as an example. If if I all of a sudden am on your podcast every month, something's broken, right? Because then, then the portion of the community that dials in to the Lake Forest podcast only hears John Powers and doesn't hear any of my the podcasts. second ward podcast. Yes, exactly. And even smaller than that, right? Because if Ted Notes isn't on it with me, right? You can't have more than two people on anyway because of Open Meetings Act and all that. Don't worry, stuff. don't worry. Ted doesn't say much. It makes it complicated. But let me go back to the question about ward meetings, and then most specifically, Pete, yours about you know how people could review me as to whether I'm good, bad, or indifferent. Right. Um, so I did attend our, our second ward meeting, the last one. It was Melanie Rummel's last meeting, right? And she she dedicated six years and did a lot of fantastic things and has been, you know, a 40-plus year community volunteer in Lake Forest. So, um, you know, she and Ted ran that meeting, um, which I thought was very effective. It was fine. The, all, this, all the city department heads were there, so you could clear up any misconceptions that the community thought um, but ted and i have subsequently talked about it and um we both kind of agreed we need to create kind of a less formal format so that there's more dialogue and question and answer and then maybe that's where people pull in you know hey powers i heard you say this on the podcast can you further explain what you meant or understood, right? Assuming somebody witnesses that or or, or observed it. Um, or you made these comments in a meeting, or I was reading the meeting minutes, and here's what you, know, you said, is that what you intended to say? Um, then you get a better chance to try to vet, hey, am I, am I truly practicing what I preach, see one, do one, teach one, to try to make the community better, or is something else going on? And as we all know, the first olive out of the jar for me will be in front of the second ward at the appropriate time a year from now as to whether or not I'm gonna be a second ward nominee for the caucus and then subsequently the caucus nominee to run for a second term. And it's totally their prerogative. And as we know, the caucus is gonna continue to, to change over. Um, so it's important it's important for I think elected officials to be able to reach out to the community. And I think it's important whether it's Ted and I talked about, you know, um putting up a table in in one of our driveways and having coffee on a Saturday morning and anybody who wants to drive by, walk by, you know, can can stop and hang out for a period of time and ask questions and meet some of their other neighbors and we can develop a list of issues or concerns that people have. The more formats that we can create or platforms we can create that gets input from our neighbors and our community, I think the better off we're all going to be. People don't like surprises, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
good or bad. Uh, the minute somebody's surprised about something or something's you know unfolding within the community that they weren't aware of, it creates frustration. It can create anger. Um, but a lot of these things go back years and years. When you look at the McKinley Road project, you know, that didn't just pop out of the ground in a year. That that had been in discussions for quite some time. And I know there's some complexities to it, most of which I'm not familiar with. And I didn't bother to go back and educate myself on all the stuff that had already been asked and answered and voted on and approved. So it's not that I was lazy and didn't want to know it. It's just there's there's no role for me to play there going forward, except learn from that experience and be better prepared when it pops up two or three years from now. Um, I have found over the years, a lot of times people, they make a choice in not voting because they're happy with things. When is turnout higher? It's usually when people are upset about something, even presidential elections, when the economy's strong and, you know, uh, uh, whoever the incumbent president is gets reelected by a landslide, the, the turnout's lower. So I think, you know, I, I vote in every election. I voted in every election since I turned 18, but I think a lot of people are essentially casting a vote either in elections or coming to these meetings because they're happy with things. So they don't see the need to uh, invest their time because like you said, John, uh, people got a million other things going on with families and work and, and, and stuff. And it is hard to get into that. So I think sometimes, but as a result, the, the, the negative to that is the only people that come out particularly to, you know, commission meetings and other types of meetings tend to be the people upset. And for every person that's upset about an issue or against an issue, I'm just saying people, people choose, uh, sometimes people vote by not voting. Some people choose to voice their opinion by not voicing their opinion. Well, and I would say in, in recent times, people vote against something more than for something. Right. Very I'll, good give, point. I'll give you a top line example. Right. Presidential elections. Senator Clinton didn't get elected because of the disapproval numbers that she had and so many people that didn't want her to be president. Um, and then in comes Donald Trump and President Trump didn't get reelected for the exact same reason. Right. There's people that didn't like him, couldn't stand him. And in comes President Biden. Um, now, take that away from national politics down to local politics. I I think, um, and I honestly believe this with Lake Forest, a lot of people haven't had to worry about getting involved and learning the behind the scenes details of stuff because our city government works so well, right? Jason wishes doing a fantastic job in orchestrating everything that needs to happen within the city. He's ensured that he's got the right people in place with the skills and capability to, to continue to grow into those roles and be, be part of a succession plan if needed. Um, and I think you're, I think it's, you know, it, it's unfortunate that from time to time, um, you know, people miss out on some of the things that have happened, which creates kind of the, the dramatic event. Um, and they missed it along the way. Um, but, you know, like the old adage is you can lead a horse to water. Um, but unless people truly have an interest in it, and, and many of us, I think probably all four of us on this call, um, we kind of view politics as a hobby 
to a certain degree, or at least used to when I was younger. I voted in every single election since I was 18 also. Now, I'm embarrassed to say I voted for some people I knew absolutely nothing about, whether it's a municipal judge or it's it, it it's somebody on a ballot that I either need to vote for, I got to pick somebody, right? Now, as I've gotten older, I don't pick anybody if I haven't done the homework and understand and know exactly who I'm voting for, right? Yeah, that is that is good. I wish I wish more voters did uh, what you what you say because uh, in, in I'm a lawyer uh, and we've had a lot of problems uh, with elected judges in, in this area lately. Uh, it, it's just you know, the voters have no idea who they're voting for. Well, I also like that we don't elect a park board and a library board in Lake. Yeah, that's a good thing in Lake because those elections yeah. are are coming from communities that had elections for that. I mean, you're. It's, you know, it's it, that becomes really like inside baseball type thing of of and sometimes I can't even get enough people to run. for. Them. I don't know about inside baseball, but what it, be, it, it becomes a log jam where because of social media, I believe politics is an identity now, unfortunately. OK, it's not for me. OK, but for some people, it's like you're either this or you're that. Mm-hmm. There's no in, in between. And you're again, either CNN I, or you're Fox News. Yeah. Or, or, or MSNBC. Or, 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 <laughs> I'm not or, MSNBC for the record. Well, part of it is I hate the news. So, <laughs> so I make my own news. Okay. I'm right uh, all the time. But getting back to our uh, treasurer, Lake County, who is that, Joe? Ali Kim is oh, your okay. Lake County treasurer. Okay. That's I the name I, of her Facebook page. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Label me a Republican, but you know what? I'll vote for her. I get her. Right. Yeah, she she can communicate to me. I understand what she's saying. I love the chickens. Great gal. I get it. But unfortunately, because of ideology and identity, it's either you're this, you're that. And there's no uh, discussion in in between. That's a downside. John, getting back to your point, John, on Ward 2 being the did you say it it has the the least amount of residents in the in the ward? I don't know all the words. Correct. Okay. Again, we're a podcast where, look, if we're going to point fingers, we want to try to offer a solution to kind of correct things. It's hard to get volunteers on on the caucus, and each ward has exactly nine. John, you don't have to answer, but Joe and Rick, do you think we should adjust the numbers based on the population in the wards? Because if you have if you have a requirement of nine and really only half show up most of the time, Shouldn't we just kind of yeah, have, have, have four, have five? Yeah. Um, uh, John, how many people are there? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but how many people are there in Ward uh, 2? Uh, gosh. What are talking about? We're going to put it right here. Don't know, but I'll know when I... I didn't, know was that, that, I didn't know it was that many, John. All right, I didn't know it was that few, John. All right, going forward. <laughs> yeah. So, so based on the number, I mean, if if you... Let's just... We'll leave Ward 2 alone. If you have twice as many people in one war in one ward and half as many in the other, should you have equal representation on the caucus? Just throwing it out there. Well, is it is it that dramatic of a difference? Is my I guess my question. I mean, if it's, it's dramatic. If it's that well, dramatic, I, I've wondered other, this myself. Is, one is twice the size of the other. Well, then yes. But if should they redraw these wards every ten years? More, no. I mean, it's Chicago redraws the wards. Hey, every- Alderman, has got it. See, see how he's got his hand up, Joe. <laughs> 
So a couple things. First of all, there has been some conversation about do we rebalance the wards, right? Because a lot of our growth, as we've talked about already, isn't necessarily coming out of the second ward. It's coming out of the fourth ward or the third ward or, or you know, depending where you have these developments, particularly over the last four or five years, it's, it's created a little bit of an imbalance. Um, I don't think it's enough to be all that material, but it it's certainly enough to take a look at. And Kathy Cerniak is constantly kind of monitoring what that looks like and providing recommendations and suggestions into Jason in terms of when's the right time, what do we do, how do we do it, that kind of thing. The other thing I would say is, um, as as um, all, you know, registered voters in the city of Lake Forest, we're all a member of the caucus, right? So we all have an opinion we can give. But what we're trying to do is create a structure for the caucus, and that's the caucus's responsibility and, and business, right? So it's the elected officers of the caucus that sit and take a look to making those changes. And obviously, the sitting members in the various wards can have influence over that. So my comment would be, if people are looking, and it's the very first thing I say to a lot of people that are they're incredibly opinionated, particularly they like or don't like the caucus. I'm like, well, what do you know about it, number one? And have you ever served? Right. And the answer is, I don't know much about it. And no, I haven't served. Now, Pete, I know you your your experience was was very unique. Let's just call it that. Yeah. As, a new, as a new member in the community. And the minute there's things that occur that you don't like, especially very principled type things, you, you've got a decision to make. Um, but I think it's really important for people within the community, and back to your point about should we really have nine members, I, my vote would be yes, because I don't think it's that difficult to find the, the needed volunteers with the right intention to be able to help identify knuckleheads like me to be your next alderman necessarily. So um, it, it's- That's a lasting you know, for John. It, it's, it's, it's complicated at times, but it doesn't always need to be. Um, and I think there are so many really thoughtful people that are on the caucus that have helped create very effective councils going forward. And I, I would fully expect that that'll continue. What do you think of the term limits? There's been some question about, um, you know, because aldermen are term limited, the mayor is term limited, but uh, the boards and commissions are, are term limited, but the caucus is also term limited. Yep. So, I mean, seeing the abuse of power in other communities, you know, like Niles had a mayor for 50 years. Mick Blaze. Uh, Mick Blaze, who ended up going to jail. Um, you know, those types of uh, excesses the other way. But one of the criticisms we've heard um, is, is that you don't have a knowledge base because there's so much turnover that um, things yeah, like you, you bylaw issues, yeah. um, you know, there wasn't a, 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 a what elder statesman in the room to say, wait a second, hold on, guys, you got to do something a little differently here. I'm a huge fan of term limits. I, I think it has worked very well for the city of Lake Forest. Um, I, I've seen, I've seen in some private settings where it hasn't worked as well. And the the best way I can illustrate that, what's well, a good example? Um, so when I was president of the school advisory council at St. Mary's, 
Um, we had tons of volunteers, like room moms, for example. Um, we had incredibly talented room moms at every single grade and every single year, but we did have certain amount of moms that got way into it to the point that they were coming to school every single day. And sometimes to be in the classroom, which becomes disruptive, back to my comment earlier in, in the podcast, the minute that my role or somebody else's role as a volunteer becomes disruptive, that's a problem. And without term limits, my knowledge, my um, self-satisfaction of how skillful and talented I am, all of a sudden starts to skew my perspective. And then I start thinking and acting differently. And then I start trying to influence differently when the reality is that's not how it's designed. So I think, you know, two years as an alderman, um, getting the opportunity to re-up two more times if, if given the opportunity with the caucus or if I decide to run independently, and, and some of you guys may take objection to that, but I can tell you, it look, it's far from sexy what we're doing. So hiding stuff, particularly financial stuff or, or things that we think are going to be good for the community over time, hiding and not sharing that doesn't make any sense. There's, there's no reason, nobody has any motivation to not share appropriate information that that is available to the public. Um, you don't want to share anything that's half-baked, right? I, I'm, I'm not going to share or talk out of school on anything that has not come before the board yet, uh, or excuse me, it has not come before city council yet. Um, but that's, you know, I think that's that's what we're trying to balance. And, what, you know, some years it's easier than others. It's all about transition. And that's what I, I have learned from being a part of the caucus where there's unresolved issues. OK, like this, uh, uh, you know, the bylaws issue, like right now, you have people that know what's going on that are leaving. And then you have the newcomers club coming in. And they have to weigh in on an issue they don't know really much about other than what the people that are still there are telling them about. Then you have, if you remember, uh, our buddy Vince Vega from Pulp, yeah. Pulp Fiction, he, we gave, we blew him a ton of crap about making our Ward 3 people go vote out in Vernon Hills. Yes. We torched him. And they said, hey, man, let me come on and let me tell you what happened. He said, hey, man. I was 90 days on a job. I had over 100 places to book, and that's just what happened. Mia culpa. That I get. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Same thing with uh, the treasurer. What's your name again, Joe? Holly Kim is your Lake County treasurer. That's right. So I don't know if it's because Lake County versus a Lake County, I think, has a bigger government than Lake Forest, but I don't, I don't get the levels of, of transparency. And I'm, I'm pumping up Democrats. <laughs> the caucus is nonpartisan. Let's make that clear here. It, that's what the city is nonpartisan. Okay, but you know what? In today's day and age, it's either you're this or you're that, and there's no other side. You can you can pontificate, you can go out to the public and say this stuff, but behind the scenes, there's there's clicks. That's where where it is. That's Pete Jansen saying that Alderman John Powers. So Pete, you you say you're pumping up Democrats. Yeah. Right? So why is that a bad thing? It's not. Right. It's so, just I get I mean, labeled I think, as a I get labeled as a Trump of Lake Forest. 
I, I, I understand that. And that's where I was going to go, right? So the perception of the Lake Forest podcast is it's much more conservative leaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may or may not be true. I don't, I'm not absolutely on true. Well, hold on. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on, I can't even name them all, but I'm not on them. Yeah. I'm, on, I'm not on them for a reason. I don't need as much as I would like and respect you, Pete. I don't need you pushing information to me nonstop. Even some of my dear friends that I love dearly, they'll share all kinds of emails with me that I don't really need to want to read. And I'm not going to automatically read just because they sent them to me. Right. right. Or a friend that says, Hey, I, you, you didn't like the photo I sent you. Did you get the photo? Yeah, I got the photo, but why do you need me to like it? Dopamine. Where where's that coming from? Right. So back to perceptions and back to um I think where we are today in terms of how people are um digesting all the information that's available is they've got to kind of manage and do their own thing, which again is kind of why I'm talking to you guys. I'm I'm thrilled to answer whatever questions make sense. I'm also thrilled to vote for the best people. And some of those people, you know, may not carry different color flags. Um, and I think that's true in our city. I can on, I can honestly tell you, I've not been in a political conversation. The, the years that I was on the school board never came up once. I didn't know how people voted. Nobody cared how I voted because most of the issues we're dealing with aren't political in nature. They're they're about trying to make our community better or our school district better. So um, it's a really tough thing. I, and I'm not naive. Look, I know I know what goes on. I know how hard it is to navigate all that stuff. And I know the misinformation that's out there. But if it does one good thing and all it does is a, it it floats a topic to you, Pete, to put on the next podcast with the next person that's on just to have that conversation. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing. I think I, I think my friend John Turkle is doing the same thing, right? I don't yeah. know much about his website and his mission in terms of, of that platform. I know there's some really good people associated with it. Um, I told him I'm happy to have a conversation with him at any time as well. Um, I, I, it's my job as an elected official yeah. to try to make myself available, whether it's at Egg Harbor, the Lantern or yeah. on this podcast, it's, it's the role that I've assumed and I volunteered for, right? Yeah. John, you got to communicate to all platforms. You're on the conservative one and Turkla and the Flat Earth Society. They're the, they're the liberal platform. It just Indeed. is what it is. Well, not all of them. Uh, I'm sure not all of them either. I know I know a number of those people, and they are not they are not liberals. No. Okay, well then they first guest was from Highland Park, but that's another. No, but what I'm saying is, look, I I don't want to I don't want to hide things. Okay, yeah, call me Trump, call me conservative, call me whatever it is. Okay, it is what it is. You don't like what we're saying? Come on, we've invited John to come on. We sent him a letter of transparency. Okay, and if they're so transparent, they don't allow comments on your. On their social media pages. <laughs> Sorry, Alderman John, you brought him up. We'll what come is- on your show, John. I'll come on. Pete will come I, on. I, yeah, I'll let you. <laughs> no, Joe, you can go on. 
<laughs> you can come see me on the first and third uh, Mondays of the month anytime you want. Sponsored by Melatonin. <laughs> Alderman John Powers, thank you so much for coming on the Lake Forest. Thanks, Alderman. Great to have you. John, thank you very much. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters. Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.